You've eaten Gotham's wealth, its spirit, but your feast is nearly over. This is not my hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. Why aren't you laughing? From this moment on, none of you are safe. Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast that explores the Dark Knight Library. I am your host, Ryan Lauer. And you can follow the Batman Book Club on Twitter to keep up with the latest episode drops, upcoming episodes, and maybe even a giveaway at the Batman BC. And you can also email for questions, comments, concerns, recommendations, or anything Batman related at all at the Batman BC at gmail.com. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Lauer underscore Ryan. Lauer spelled like lower. Now on this episode, we're celebrating Batman's century mark a little early with the underrated futuristic tale, Batman Year 100. And I can't do this alone. So from Batman on film, the head honcho, the big cheese himself, the dadgum original, Bill Jet Ramey. Hello, Bill. Hey now, how's, how, how are you, Ryan? How are you, sir? I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing swell. I'm shacked up in out of... Chicago. I'm actually in Indiana. Okay. Um, It's been very rainy and cold. It's just been a monsoon season, so I don't know what's going on there. How's it down in Texas? Um, it is. We're on the verge of uh, probably three solid months of hot, humid ass weather. So. I've been here all my life, so I, I know what to expect. Yeah, yeah. August. You're a, you're a seasoned Texan. I you know what's what's yeah. coming. I have, you know, now I am moving four hours north. I'm moving from the Houston area to the Dallas area, and the the weather is a just a little different. I'm more on the coast, so it's a little bit more humid here. Uh, I had to deal with hurricanes up there. It's tornadoes and. You know, that's more on the plains. You get toward Oklahoma and it's more on the plains. You have to deal with tornadoes and it, you get tend to get a little bit colder weather, but all good. So that's the uh, re- required weather talk. Whenever I do a vlog or podcast, uh, the, the weather always, always comes up. Yeah. Educate us all on how Texas weather is. And it's funny you say that you're moving four hours north. And I think it takes a little over four hours to cover the entire state of Indiana, north to south. So. <laughs> oh, that, this is nothing compared. You go from uh, completely from uh, from oh, well, let's just say from Houston to El Paso. I think I think El Paso is closer to California than it is uh, southeast Texas uh, when you get toward Louisiana. So yeah, it's it's a lot of a <laughs> lot of a uh, lot of land in Texas for sure. I have been to Texas once. And, uh, yeah, it was quite, it was quite a drive. It was quite a good drive just actually outside of Austin and then stayed uh-huh. in Houston. Okay. Yeah. So Been Austin many times, was- look, I've driven from here to Minnesota several times. Minnesota is like my second home state. My wife's from Minnesota. We have a, well, we had it, we had a house up there and then we sold it. We're going to build a, a smaller cabin here in the next couple of years. But I, I I'll say this, I, I love the summers in Minnesota compared to, the summers in Texas. So once that thing's done, I'll be I'll be spending June, July, August up up in the land of a 
10,000 lakes for sure. The the stomping grounds of Garrett Grev, BOF's own Garrett Grev. Correct. He is. Yes, for sure. He's actually weird. He grew up right in the same area where we're going to build our cabin. So, and I think his his, his uh, mom, uh, his parents still live up in that area. So, once I'm up there, well, I'm sure we'll be uh, we'll be uh, hooking up every once in a while up in that area. Yeah, small world. So, yeah. I mean, anybody listening, for sure, they know who you are and what Batman on film is. But let's let's just in a let's say nobody has. This is their first introduction to you. What's what's Batman on film? Batman on film is a website that I started twenty two years ago, almost twenty two years ago to the date. It was like the first second of June, nineteen ninety eight, and the whole purpose was. at that time, this is a year after Batman and Robin, and uh, Batman Five, this, uh, another sequel to, I guess. I mean, I mean, there, there were what? There's Batman, and there's three sequels, but they're all kind of not sequels, and you know, you know what I'm talking about. The same continuity, but whatever. But you know, there was not. There was supposed to be a Batman Five. Was, we called it Batman Triumphant at the time. Come to find out, it was actually titled Batman Unchained. Uh, that that had that was in the works. Batman and Robin was was about to hit theaters, and then Batman and Robin did hit the theater, and then it was a complete bomb. And um, Warner Brothers put the brakes on the Batman film franchise, and so Batman on film was to say, "Look, there's you've made these four films. I don't know if there's been a definitive or a close to definitive Batman film yet, even though you know we all love Batman '89, and uh, there's still a lot of more." Batman stories to tell on the big screen, and that's what it was all about. And that eventually, you know, we got Batman Begins in 2005, and you know, that's just been my thing ever since is to, you know, to uh, nicely, politely lobby Warner Brothers for good solo or, you know, good Batman films, just in general, you know, respect the character, make good films, hire filmmakers who love the character, uh, have a passion have a vision, whether it be Chris Nolan and now Matt Reeves, keep, keep the, keep the ball rolling. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a success and it's been a fun journey from this side of, of the screen, because I can remember starting and following your, your website. I think once if Bale was cast in 2002, then that's when I started. uh, I found Batman on film and I've just been, I've been a constant viewer fan you name it mm-hmm. ever since and then yeah now you've allowed me to be part of yeah uh part of the crew and, I, and in a way almost it's like a bof has sponsored the first five episodes of this show because it's been all guys that i've met from batman on yeah. film the first five episodes <laughs> well, it's funny, i get email a lot from from uh guys and they'll say i was i was 12 years old i was 15 years old i was when I found Batman on film way back in like 2000 or 2001. And now I'm all grown up. I have a graduated college. I have kids, I have a family and, but I'm still reading Batman on film. So it's, it, it's, I enjoy reading those type of emails, you know? Yeah. Sorry. It's not to uh, make you feel any older or anything, but yeah, I, I started reading you when I was a sophomore in high school and yeah. here I am 33 years old. <laughs> yeah. so that, there's a lot of stories like that, you know? 
My kids were yeah, actually that's... little. They were kids when I started this. Uh, <laughs> my youngest kid wasn't even didn't even exist yet. You know, now he's he's almost nineteen. He's eighteen and going off to college. And my oldest my oldest daughter my daughter lived my oldest she lives in Oregon. She's mid twenties, and my my oldest son is. He's a real Batman. He's uh, he's in the Air Force. He's a military police SWAT officer. He's a real Batman. So yeah, real Batman. Yeah, but and well, like I, I, so it happened in 22, 22 years, Ryan. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. And though, so some of the people I'm I'm talking about that I'm meaning is mm-hmm. uh, uh, Pete Vera's been on, mm-hmm. and Eric Holzman, mm-hmm. and Garrett Grev, mm-hmm. and. I hope you're sitting down because Rick Shu himself has agreed to read a Batman comic and come on the show. <laughs> oh, wow. What, what did you, what, did, what kind of, what kind of magic did you perform to make that happen, sir? Well, you know, it was an outlet for Rick Shu to perform as Rick Shu. So okay. he, uh, it didn't take much convincing. <laughs> I thought you was, you know, got some chicken bones and some, you know, some, <laughs> kind, of, some kind of organic, um, uh, um, uh, something or another and concocted some vo- by, by voodoo to to uh, hex him into reading a Batman comic. But, uh, I tried, but he he actually yeah. just said, you need to wait and build up a big audience and then I'll come on because I don't well, perform for less than... I agree. Okay. Well, that's that's an yeah. elixir, uh, elixir just as much as, yeah, just as much as voodoo. <laughs> yeah. So before we dive into okay. today's book of Batman Year 100, I want to ask what I ask everybody that comes on is, what is your favorite Batman story? Like, okay, like like single story comic book issue or like graphic novel type deal? My when, I, when I, you can answer however you want. It's like what popped in your head when I asked okay. you the question. Probably back, the first thing that pops in my head is... The Joker's five-way revenge from Batman number 251 in 1973. It's the first comic book that I remember actually reading reading, as opposed to looking at. I was seven years old when that came out. And I remember comics before that, but I really just kind of looked at the pictures, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. This is one I read, and it's got that iconic cover. Uh, by Neil Adams with the Joker holding, you know, that uh, the Joker's really, really big and Batman's in a, in a card type small. And I think, I think the subtitles look out Gotham, the Joker's back. Um, I remember reading it thinking, cause I grew up on the Batman, the 60s series as a kid. That's what mm-hmm. made me a Batman fan and watching the reruns. I don't, I don't recall the, the first run, even though I was here. But I don't remember watching it when they were airing uh, the original airing. But I, you know, I started reruns right after that. I remember watching it. That's how I became a Batman fan. And I remember this is different than the Batman I watch on TV because it was it was very different, you know. And it, this was actually the return of, of the Joker back to his original, you know, homicidal maniac killer uh, persona. Mm-hmm characterization as opposed to the you know kind of a harmless prankster as, as he as he had been for i mean half the 40s 50s and 60s so uh i, I even have that i have that cover framed and I'm, i will be hanging it i had it in my old office it's going to be hanging in the, my new office so that's what comes to mind when you ask me my favorite that's what i think of first 
just because of the impact it had on me as as a as a kid. There is no wrong answer, but you you say that story, and any Batman fan will know. Oh yeah, that's that one, and the cover. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think. I mean, there's there's too many there's too many comics. I was going to say yeah. one of the greatest comic book covers yeah, ever, but one of the most iconic Batman covers ever. Yeah, you know? I, I would I would put it's it's in the top ten. Maybe that's a good that's a good time to write that down. It's a good topic for for Batman on film to, to discuss the the top ten Batman covers of all time, and that would be a hard endeavor because we're talking eighty what eighty one years of, of comic books, you know. If you were to ask some of the some BOFers themselves, like yeah. the variety of covers, you'll get a lot of overlap for sure. But you know, if you sent that out in on the BOF Facebook page or something, just man, the variety that you'd get would be yeah. really cool. Yeah, huh. yeah, that, that'd be fun. I've got it. I'm inspired. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> You're welcome. Let's You're consider that a payback yeah. for yeah. you coming on. <laughs> uh, more, more than welcome. Batman Year One Hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing that I do definitely, I know this show is so so early, early in its running, but when I ask somebody to be on, I ask them of, you pick the story, you pick mm-hmm. the Batman book, whatever you want. You graciously said, yes, I'll definitely come on and barely took you any time at all after that to say, Batman, you're 100. Mm-hmm. And episode five of the Batman book club was with Justin Kowalski and it was Batman thrill killer. And that was a story that I had never read somehow. Mm -hmm. I've never heard of it or seen it. Batman year 100 I've heard of, but I'd never read it. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely going to be a rewarding thing as this show continues on of there's definitely going to be like the first couple episodes long how or year one long Halloween, dark victory things I've read over and over again but then to find books that I've never read before. And I get to talk to somebody that they chose it for a reason because it's one of their favorites, something that they really love. So it's almost, it feels almost flipped where you'd think that I'm asking somebody on so I can sit there and just go on and on about the long Halloween like I did with Eric Holzman or something like that. And here you get to kind of, you get to teach me, Bill, which is fitting because you were a uh, teacher. Yeah, (laughs) I was. Show me the the ways of Batman Year 100, Bill. I, I wanted to talk about it because I want to hear, and when, especially when you told me you had never read it, I, I'm, I'm really anxious to hear your your opinion, your take, and just kind of, and then we can kind of discuss, you know, different aspects of of that together. So, yeah, I mean, it's something I stumbled upon. Golly, I can I I don't I don't think I didn't I didn't buy it when it came out because it was like a four four issue miniseries, and then of course I found it as a graphic novel or trade and picked it up at a comic book store. Probably it had been out, I don't know, a year or so, because this has been a while. I say a while. It was actually, yeah, it was 2006, which is funny because I think I've hit a, I've hit a point in an age where the eighties seemed to me Mm -hmm. like, Oh, that's just a decade ago. And then 2000, like everything 2000 seems like it just happened. And then to realize now, like, man, this was 2006 already. (laughs) Like this feels this feels still like a current, current book, book, and yeah. it's not. Yeah, I was going to say I remember getting it around that. I mean, the mid to late ish two thousand. So, and and actually, um, it, it's just I never I saw it. I said, okay, Batman Year One Hundred, and I, you know, thumb through it. Of course, Paul Pope's art is very distinctive, and that kind of you know that kind of uh, caught my eye. 
and I thumbed through it, and it seemed a little bit like a bit of The Dark Knight Returns in a way, um, but not really. And so I bought it, and I read it, and I thought, I really liked it. And it, it just seems to me to be some, it's a it's a book, a Batman story that not a lot of people have read for some reason, you know? And so I think, I don't know how you framed your question. It was like something, I don't know, that you use obscure or something or one, I, you know, I, or off the, you know, off the beaten path. I thought, yeah, I mean, it was right there at Batman Year 100. Because I've talked to a lot of people that like, yeah, I've heard of that one. I've never read it. It's, you know, it's often when, when um, websites or whatever, people put together these lists of the top Batman graphic novels and so forth. This one is rarely on it, you know? And I think it's really, yeah. a really, I think it's a really good one. I think it's it's one of the one of the better ones. It's a very unique story. Let's go with that because I'm definitely one. Now, ever since I got a job and started making money in high school, if I saw a Batman book, buy it, no questions asked, just mm-hmm. buy it. And yet, I still halted with Batman Year One Hundred until basically you you forced me to buy it, Bill. How dare you? Why do you think? First of all, why is this story so? so good and second why is it just considered a cult classic an underrated classic why are there so many bat fans like me who have never read it and keep putting it off i think maybe because the title you see batman year 100 and you think okay this is something maybe that's not the batman that i'm familiar with you know what i mean Mm. Uh, it doesn't have all the components of of what is a Batman story. It's some other Batman. We're talking freely about this? Absolutely. Okay. Spoilers always. <laughs> okay. So but it's really not, you know? And that's kind mm-hmm. of the it's kind of the the whole time you're reading this, you're thinking, okay, Batman shouldn't be able to be still be in Batman, much less alive right now. That that really that 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 question and that thought is never answered. You know? Mm-hmm. Throughout, mm-hmm. The, throughout the book. His identity is confirmed at the end, which is, I remember reading that was kind of shocked. I think the whole time I was going, oh, this can't be Bruce. This can't be Bruce Wayne. Who is it? Is it a, because Gordon's grandson is in it. So you're thinking, is this a, you know, is this a offspring of, of a descendant of Bruce Wayne and so forth? But then it becomes part of the story is even with um, Gordon hunting the Batman is like, well, this guy shouldn't exist. It had been regulated to like um, a mythic type of uh, character that may or may not exist or ever existed at all. So Mm -hmm. that's part of the hook or part of the, you know, certainly part of the hook. And that was part of the, part of the reason, you know, it kept being a page turner for me is to that aspect of it, you know? Yeah. So the story actually in itself, it's it's kind of straightforward. And I'm yes. really glad I was able to to read it. We had enough time that I was able to read it and then read it a second time uh, because it kind of it did read better the second time for me. So flat mm-hmm. out, I like I liked it after the first reading. Mm-hmm. I didn't love it, but I liked it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think why I put it off so hard is Paul Pope's art. It takes a while to get used to for me. So yes. even reading it the first time, I was at that level. So reading it a second time, I know where it's, I know where it's going. So I can almost uh, ease up a little bit. And I felt the story is actually kind of straightforward. 
it kind of it does hit the ground running no pun intended yeah. but it's basically oh you've got totalitarian uh government and police and such like that that are coming after him and it's just mm-hmm. it's a chase it's kind mm-hmm. of an exciting chase yes. and so the pace the pace really is going from the from the get-go and that to me is always that always go fits well to my style of reading of like you get me hooked in that don't bog me down with these long monologues and stuff and this book just it just goes and the story is basically they're after this batman character who is apparently a myth and they believe that he killed somebody and he, mm-hmm. it becomes a little bit of like a detective story it is to find out no batman didn't kill this officer mm-hmm. he didn't kill this officer he's finding out who is and then it's kind of a bigger, bigger plan, plan but it's not it's not too big of a plan it's not trying to bring in too many other characters it, it's this long connected scheme mm-hmm. And I, I feel like that's kind of, that's it. And it's kind of weird to say like, that's it for a story that's like 170 pages or so, but that kind of is it. I think it's paced really well, getting us from here to there with fun little nuggets along the way. And it totally respects the mythos of Batman mm-hmm. while also adding to it of, a as you said, unique Elseworld story, basically. And the whole fact of, I was thinking that first time around, well, who is it? Like, who is this guy? Are they going to tell us who? Because he removes the cowl. We see his face, but it's not like we know who that is per se. There's a Robin. Then there's like a couple other side characters. And then there's a Gordon who I was starting to believe, okay, this is just Batman, but takes place in 2030s because there was a bat. There was a Batman and a Robin and a Gordon. And then it's not really until that that third chapter or whatnot Mm -hmm. that we see Gordon goes to his grandfather's cabin where you start to see, okay. Oh, his grandfather was Jim Gordon. Okay. Well then who the hell is Batman? I don't Mm -hmm. get it. And they just, he discovers Batman is Bruce Wayne from back way when, and then that's kind of it. So I know I'm kind of going on Mm -hmm. a lot, like spinning circles here of just like what you just said of his identity is confirmed as Batman. It kind of, it's kind of strange, but also I wasn't bothered at all to let it bug me. And I think that's a sign of good storytelling. I'm just kind of like, yeah. Oh, okay. He is. Yes. And then there's a, there's a, cause it, there's still, it, 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 there's different parts of, of it. It wants you to believe it's Bruce, but at the same time it's trying to make it to where, I know it it just can't be because there's a there's like a panel where Gordon, this Gordon, the grandson is talking. He, you know, he's like, you know, can it be him? I mean, he'd have to be like 130 something years old if it, you know, this was being possible. And and so you go and you and you go. Yeah, that's right. You know, as as the reader. So, again, that's just that was just (laughs) that's part of the, you know, part of the uh, appeal for me for some reason, you know, that it, it. it, it's that guessing game. Is it him? How, how can it be? Which, to be honest, it, it's never answered how it could be. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I part of the to add to it to where you can't really figure it out is I think when the I think they're called the FCP, basically the police mm-hmm. uh, or the higher ups than them or something. They're going through his history of this rumored. Oh, that's him. It's him, and so they're touching upon like. Well, remember there was something where a Batman was taking down some jewel thieves. Oh, there was something with a Dr. Death. Oh, here in 86, they have him here and Commissioner Yindel and stuff. And it's like, oh, look at that. He's sprinkling little 
timepieces of mm-hmm. Batman in this as their yeah. evidence. Yeah. And then there was a really cool one, I think in the last chapter too, where there, I think Gordon finds a picture and it's Batman and Robin. And I think the bookworm, and I think that's totally 60s series Batman mm-hmm. that using as a reference. And so for Batman nuts like us, it's kind of like, Oh my gosh, that's cool. When it's yeah. not detracting from yeah. the story. Yeah. It's kind of like, not, I just, this is the first time I thought of this as you brought it up. It's kind of like Grant Morrison's take on Batman where everything in the comics happened, everything from yeah. 1939 on. And this is the same type of approach with all of that is that all that stuff, you know, from 1939 up until, you know, 2039, when this is supposed to be set, every, every, all of that happened, you know, all of that happened. So interesting. Yeah. Kind of take a, you get a new, uh, perspective on something every time you <laughs> read it huh yeah exactly so it, i i would say i think i had maybe more fun reading it the second time than the first yeah the yeah. art wasn't as distracting yeah. the story i know where it's going so i could kind of ease up a little bit i don't i'm like okay he's going to be confirmed as bruce wayne mm-hmm. and they're not going to explain it i don't need to worry about it okay ease up there ease up there outside of batman himself like what's like mm-hmm. kind of like a, a highlight of the book for you I like um, I like the Gordon character a lot. Mm-hmm. He's very much just like Jim Gordon, you know. It's like he's got these strong genes. He play it's the same it's the same role um, essentially. Um, there's almost kind of a Batman Begins slash Year One type of ending between the two. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To where they yeah. they are now um, have this understanding with each other, and and, and yeah. that me, I've always wanted. I'd like to. Ha- I'd like a sequel to this. I would love to see. You know what would happen next? Uh, as much as like like White Knight, I, I loved White Knight. White Knight could could you could have ended it right there, and you didn't have to have cursed the White Knight. But I'm loving it now that this that. This this Batman world is continuing, and I wish I'd like to get a mm-hmm. uh, continuation of this as well. You know, yeah. But as a standalone, it's it's fantastic as well. You know, sometimes sometimes you don't sometimes you don't need any more. You know, than yeah than the one the one story the one book. Rather end in a place where you're really satisfied, wanting more than they bury it into the ground and mm-hmm. screw it up. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that year one it reminds you of for some reason. I don't know what it is exactly, but I was think I was getting a Dark Knight Returns vibe towards the beginning. And I don't know why I was getting that yeah. feeling. And not just because of the the name drops the of name Yindel drops. and the one picture yeah, and, in the eighties, but yeah, I mean absolutely because it's it's in it's in the future, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an old. Mm-hmm. It's um, the the there's the you know oppressive government type of uh, subplot thing you know going on as well. So yeah, absolutely, I get I get that aspect of it too. You know, if you're going to be influenced, take from the greatest. Yeah. Uh, so there's a he has a bat family, so to speak. It's not mm-hmm. as direct, but he has a, he has a Robin. What did you think mm-hmm. of a Robin? this version of Robin for this story. I like when, when I don't mind versions of Robin that aren't Robin in a 
the, a partner in crime running along with Batman in a red tunic and domino black domino mask and pick green pixie boots fighting crime with with you know an adult. I, I like when a lot of times they take the the spirit of Robin and have that character serve that role, but in a different way than that. And it's kind of this is what that is. At least that's how I, I came up with it. Would you would you agree or what, what was your What's your take on that particular aspect? I really dug it. Yeah. With how straightforward the story is, I am good that we are just following Batman all along with little snippets of these supporting characters. Mm -hmm. I didn't need these supporting characters fleshed out. So this Robin, I'm good. I didn't need, I don't think I needed to see Paul Pope's version of Robin suited up fighting with him here. Instead, we get Robin dressing up as Batman Batman so they can towards yeah. the end so they can part of the plan to get rid of the police and stuff, which worked mm-hmm. totally for me. So I liked it. Of course, it's not like my favorite Robin or anything, but it wasn't a distraction. It was uh, a benefit of the story. I thought so. I, I, I thought that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. hundred percent. hundred percent. And now let's talk about the man himself, mm-hmm. this Batman. So this is unique yet again. Mm-hmm. But the foundation of the character is definitely there. I think of this is yeah. just kind of like a, he's a badass. He's straight, straight to the point. No BS mm-hmm. on a mission. Um, he's got a plan for everything. It's not a boring story where he just overcomes no obstacles done. It's like we open it up and he's on the, on move, the move after he kind of got his ass kicked. Yeah. Again, like not my favorite Batman, but still, it was just like very satisfying. Of yeah, this is a different version of Batman, but it's very true to the character of Batman. Oh, absolutely, and it's um, I mean, for a hundred thirty year old man, it is very grounded in a way, you know, because you're saying he does he does get his ass kicked. He gets you know he's in caught in explosions, and he he really resorts to theatricality. By putting in mm-hmm. the, the fangs, you know, and scaring the scaring the shit out of of, of people even more than <laughs> the, the, you know being in the bat costume and being a giant bat, so he's even you know taking it up a notch in that in that regard. So yeah, very much Batman, very much detective, very much prepared, but almost stripped down of all his crime fighting um, stuff, for lack of a better word, you know. Um, yeah. There's, there's, there's not all the gadgets and, you know, the huge bat cave and the multiple batmobiles and whatever, you know, he rides a motorcycle, he's on foot. So it's very basic in that regard. Yeah. And his suit too. So there's some cool shots of his suit, mm-hmm. but it definitely looks like it's funny because it's 2039 futuristic, but yet it almost seems like one of the most handmade Batman suits. Very much. Yeah. I just think of it as almost, he's got, he's got a sweatsuit on and mm-hmm. then a couple of things on top of it. And that's it. Cause it, you can see with his, in some it's, shots where like yeah, his it's sleeves, cute. it's got that sweatshirt. I don't know what you want to call it around the wrist, yeah. tightening around the wrist. Yeah, and then there's some space and then there's a glove and it just, it seems, I don't know. It seems very homemade, but I think there's some really cool panels of the mm-hmm. suit though too so it's mm-hmm. not exactly a distraction it's 
as you just said, grounded for a futuristic story. It's funny because it's like, well, you could remove this, this Batman and throw him in a story from the seventies stylistically of the simplicity of it or something. And I think it could work. Yeah. And you know, it's like almost, you know, army boots with laces and, you know, yeah, it's very homemade looking. It, it, it probably, if it, if it was a suit we saw in real life, it would be like, well, that's like the shittiest Batman cosplay suit I've ever seen <laughs> in my life, you know? You know, because the, <laughs> the uproar <laughs> online over a good looking Batman suit. So imagine an actual bad looking Batman suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I like the. I, you know, I was. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be the most easiest cosplay Batman suit to put together, huh? Yeah, I mean. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I. Yeah. I was looking up online to see if the writer and artist, Paul Pope, if he did any kind of interviews or anything about this. And there was one promoting, uh, I think, a, a month or two before. And he described that Batman, his Batman had, quote, the body of David Beckham, the brain of Nikola Tesla, the wealth of Howard Hughes, mm. and he's pretending to be Nosferatu. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and that's possibly the weirdest description of a batman that i've heard yet by an artist or even you know live action or anything it's a it's quite a mixture i think yeah. but i can i can see it like oddly enough it's kind of, eh, okay the nosferatu part got me specifically because of the the panel where it's discovered that this batman puts ceramic scary teeth in mm-hmm. yeah like yeah I think I audibly laughed on that because it's kind of ridiculous, but also it's fun. And I'm like, well, I've never seen that before. Yeah. <laughs> Batman changes his voice. And yet here he's changing his teeth. <laughs> it's something yeah. new to me. That's just. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was something I remember when I first read it, seeing him with the teeth really took me aback. You know, it took, took a little getting used to, but then you end up, Going, yeah, that's that's kind of makes sense. It's pretty cool, you know. Especially when you see the react the uh, reaction mm-hmm. that people you know have when he's when he's upon them, and you know, and back to uh, Paul Pope's description. I mean, you know, he has the wealth of Howard Hughes, but you don't see that in 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 Batman Year One Hundred, really. You know? Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. So maybe yeah. there's my only disappointment in the book is we don't get a bat cave really it's like um maybe he can't he can't access the wealth maybe he got rid of the wealth i mean who knows you know um because obviously i'm assuming in my interpretation that people either have forgotten about Wayne or think he's long long dead you know because it really takes it takes gordon to really do some investigative work to even discover bruce wayne in, in, in a way mm-hmm. you know? so mm-hmm. yeah maybe it's just something he can't access for some, whatever reason because of the situation so you said that you would have liked to read a sequel and now that i've finally read this book i could say too that i would read the sequel i would blind buy the the sequel where would it be someplace it could go mm-hmm. that would really interest you and that's the thing. Now, I, now that I say that, now I get down to it. When you ask me that question, it's like, okay, where could you go? Where could you go with a story that doesn't? I think the ending is. is I think the way it ends is really 
is really good. It's a really great ending, even though it's mm-hmm. it makes well, you know, aren't a lot of things that they're really good make make you want even, but you don't, you know, that's what's so great about them. It's you know, um, you don't have to have a sequel. Like Nolan, Chris Nolan will always say that you know the the story can continue in your mind. You know what you know when mm-hmm. what happened. What 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 did Bruce do after Dark Knight Rises? Well, you can wherever you want him to have done in your mind, you could come up with, you know, I'd say you probably would be tempted to do something with that, with a version of the Joker, but that's almost cliche, you know? Um, Yeah. You know, like Batman beyond in Batman beyond you had the Jokers and then you inevitably have the Joker and, you know, uh, in that, in that world. uh, And even in the comic books, the Joker returned uh, in the Batman beyond comics. So, Golly, that's tough. That's why I'm a book writer. <laughs> Maybe it is better just left left as a one-off and for us to discuss forever. I don't know, but I still would. I'd be interested. Whatever Paul Pope could come up with, I would be interested in reading. Yeah, I'd feel like it. It could be cliche, but definitely with the way that this one ends, it ends as you'd said, very almost year one-ish. That the next one could be with the Joker. Mm-hmm. There for this this version, but that would be almost the most expected. To where mm-hmm. I would be, this is just wish fulfillment anyway. But I could see a Riddler story being next. Of okay, the Batman is he does exist. Mm-hmm. Gordon found out who that is Bruce Wayne. He has the only now. Bruce has the only evidence of who is behind the mask. Mm-hmm. And somehow the Riddler could, I just feel like it could be a whole identity thing. And Riddles, Riddler knows the identity and he's just playing it, toying with this version of Batman. Just That's a Riddler story that I'm just, I'm waiting for in some medium. So yeah. that's just my only, if that was a pitch, that'd be, well, here's an idea. Paul Pope, do you like that? Huh? Huh? What, what really shocks me is that in 2039, they're still using floppy disks. So... <laughs> Yeah, I read the yeah. story. You'll get it. What I'm talking about, but yeah, I mean, that's one thing. Um, do, do, would you ever want it answered? How he's how he's 130 years old, or is that, say, part of, that part of intrigue I, of going? How in the hell is this guy still exist? It didn't distract me from reading it, so therefore, no. I, apparently, I'm not bothered by it. So no, that yeah, just be no, it. It ended up being a, a negative. You're like going, oh. You know, F this, how, I mean, he can't even be alive. So, you know, it's not like that. <laughs> At least for me, it was, you know? Yeah. yeah. So that's such that's a, like, like, it's such it's a like middle of the road answer of, I don't know, they should do it. And then I'll let them know after I see it. Like, <laughs> I'd say I respect that they're, it appears, this has been 14 years now that they're not doing a sequel. Mm-hmm. Paul Pope, Paul Pope actually hasn't, he hasn't delved too much with DC. Like he did a, I think he did a black and white Batman story. He did a Batman Chronicles Batman story. And then I think he did uh, another short Batman story outside of this. And that's all he's done with Batman. Mm-hmm. So I'm really, I think that was a little bit more of a intrigue on my part of the story is when I see, when I see it brought up, it's, it's, you know, a plus material. Huh. And yet Paul Pope, he didn't continue on with much Batman work 
after this. So yeah, uh, the copy you got, you got it now. You didn't get it back in the day. Did did your copy of it come with the Batman Berlin story? Yes. The, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a cool story too. Kind of a kind of another yeah the type deal. So when you and I first discussed this, mm-hmm. covering this, it was not available on DC Universe. And mm-hmm. the single issues were available on DC digitally. But when it comes to Batman books, I think I always, if I can, I'd rather have a physical copy. So mm-hmm. I saw they just, not just, but they released a deluxe edition, a hardcover deluxe edition and so I bought that and inside of that okay. had had that Batman in Berlin. And then I think his, his black and white story and then some other short story, it contained those, which I thought was pretty cool. And I think that's why I'm like, yeah, give me the, give me the yeah. hardcover version. Give me a physical copy yeah. so I can read. Cause it's not that, that, ex- that hard for them to include all of his work, apparently of Batman all in one book. So yeah. And yeah, now it, it is available on DC universe. So if somebody needs to reread it, that's where it is. Would you be all for, I think I know the answer. Would you be all for an animated adaptation? Yes. Yes. I've said that before. Uh, this is, this is one I'd, I'd want them to do an adaptation of, and I'd like it to be like, um, they did. like they did with, especially with Gotham by Gaslight. It'd be more of an in, inspired by interpretation mm-hmm. as opposed to uh, a straight up interpretation. Now, the only thing is I would like for them to try to to try to mimic Paul Pope's art as weird as that sounds, because I think that's one of the one of the uh, things that makes this story unique is that the art mm-hmm. is unique. They I think the I want to say, I mean, I, Dark Knight Returns, they did a pretty good job of kind of mimicking Miller's original artwork, at least as far as, you know, the concept of the characters, it's really hard to do. He has a very, Paul Pope has a very different, unique style, but I'd like to give him, live him, get a, uh, give it a go. But yeah, hell yeah. Bring one of those on. Sure. I watched the newest DC animated movie, Justice League Dark mm-hmm. Apocalypse War, and I'm very back and forth iffy on that, like bringing in Dark Side and some Justice League. I'm like, Batman, I can go in blindly and I'm fine. Justice League, I'm like, well, what's the story? Eh, ended up really liking the movie. But the animation style for that is like this whole New 52 set movies. So I'm glad they wrapped it up so that hopefully they can start to mix up their art style so not every movie looks the same. Because that was kind of a complaint. I liked the Hush movie that came out last year. I really liked the movie. But it looks just like it looked like every other movie that they've been doing. And I'm like, man, hush is the first thing that people always talk about with that hush story is Jim Lee's art. It's such a standout book because of the art, Mm -hmm. but yet they, that's not reflected in the movie at all. And I'm kind of like, that's kind of a missed opportunity. Like, like you said, the dark Knight returns, they tried to mimic. And I think that's why it's highly regarded as one of their best animated Batman movies. Yeah. And your one too looked a lot. Very close to the, you know, uh, mm-hmm. David Mazzucchelli stuff in the original. But, yeah, I'm with you. Gotham by Gaslight didn't look like um, the book all that much, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Who's the artist on that? Uh, Mike Mignola, right? 
Okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, I would like them to do it. And there hasn't been the only two Batman animated films that I can think of that really do some crazy stuff art wise has been the Ninja, Batman Ninja, mm-hmm. and uh, the Batman Gotham Knights kind of, I don't know, in between store, vignette stories between Begins and the Dark Knight. You remember that? That, you know, it, that artwork there was pretty distinctive, but. For the most part, it's you know it's it's kind of standard, you know, in a way. Yeah. So basically, my response was a very wordy way to just be like, totally agree with you, Bill. <laughs> do something okay. if they ever if they ever make this into an animated movie, do something different with the art because the story kind of requires it. For sure, absolutely, man. All right, so let's see here as we inch towards the end. I also ask two questions. One. Do you have a favorite part of the book? Uh, I like the ending a lot. I think mm-hmm. I talked about it mm-hmm. earlier. Um, it reminds me of Batman Begins. Reminds me of uh, Year uh, Year One. So yeah, I like I like the ending. If, I mean that's, that's that's what came to my mind first. So I'll go with that when you ask me that question. To differ from your answer, because I really like the ending too. But I'll say it's towards or the end of issue two. Mm-hmm. where he's he's gotten the the tooth from that that body and then he's kind of getting surrounded by the police and he escapes but then one of his helpers so to speak it basically says like oh you're you need to go to floor 13 because that's where something else is and i just feel mm-hmm. like it's so batman i think yeah that's where he puts the ceramic teeth in and it's so batman i'm just like oh i'm surrounded but i gotta keep like i gotta go in further mm-hmm. all right and he's, it's, it's just kind of a badass moment. All right, let me suit up. Puts in his teeth and off he goes back up. There's a lot of good sequences in this book. So that's another reason why I'd recommend it. I mean, the openings, the, op- op- the opening feels like, you know, a, a, like a cold opening of a movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, he's running and who's chasing him and blah, blah, blah. So you said cold opening of a movie and I don't know. It happens. We're Batman nerds, but it just instantly makes me think of like, I've wanted that so bad in a movie. And I hope that it's been rumored that at least early rumors that Matt Hatter is going to be in Matt Reeves as the Batman movie. And I'm like, man, that's such a perfect, the opening, the cold open of the Matt Reeves as the Batman is he's taken down. He's going through an Alice in Wonderland kind of set thing and uh, takes out Matt Hatter. It's like, Oh my God, that'd be so awesome. Like a cold open of a movie. It's started. a quick way to get one of those B-list yeah. villains in the movie, yeah. something like that. And just do it, start it just like that, really not be related to the rest of the movie, but show Batman in action just from, from the very beginning. Yeah, that would be that, that's exactly. Yeah. You can squeeze in any of his, any of any his of villains them. in that part. Uh, to add on to favorite panel or favorite part, do you have like a favorite panel? Is there one image that pops into your head of like, Ooh, this is, uh, uh I, the, the teeth, the, I think the first time you see him turn with, with those teeth in his mouth, you know, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm fascinated with those, him putting those teeth for some reason. I don't, I have no idea why, but I just, I think it's both frightening and, it's funny. It's kind of funny at the same time, you know? Yeah. I think it, it'd be really funny of out of context, you show just that image to somebody. They'd be like, ah, what the hell is that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes. It's like, no, no, no. It, it fits in with the story, okay? It fits in with the story. Yeah. You just give them that panel and go, would you like to read this, sir? You know? Um, <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. You like Christopher Nolan's Batman? Look at this. Yeah. I I, I think there's I, there's one there's image a couple of pages in before he uh, shoots up at the end of uh, issue two that I just referenced. He goes up to floor 13. He's standing there. I don't know. He's just got this stance as the the police are coming at him that just, I don't know, just looks so it's badass. He's standing in front of some poster, big poster on the DC universe app. It's page 44. I don't have my hardcover on me right now, but I don't know. It's just, it's a total Batman stance of almost like the reset. It makes me think of dark Knight rises fighting Bane at the end and Bane kicks him. He, he walks up the steps and like resets. There's something about like a freaking reset with Batman that it just gets me like, wanting to kick down a door or something. Ah! And that's just, that's what that picture looks like. Yeah. That's really nerdy and wordy, but it's like, I don't know. That's cool to me. That's it's simple. simple. That's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. At all. Just yeah, yeah. as, as long as we all like Batman. That's all that's that matters. Correct. Correct. All right. Well, sir, let's, let's wind this down. All right. I mean, I knew it was not going to be tough to talk an hour about Batman, especially with you. Is there any any last words you want to say about Batman Year 100 that you hadn't said at the top? Or just reiterate what you said at the top. You know, I would say if you haven't read it, uh, for whatever reason, maybe you just weren't aware of it. But this is something that you got to pick up and read. Add to your collection. I think, you know, I would get a hard copy, get, you know, get a a softback, whatever. But add it to your collection. It's it's I think it's one of the most um, I don't want to call it underrated, but. What's the right word I'm looking for here, Ryan? Undiscovered? Discovered, yeah. Uh, Batman stories. And I think that um, once you get it, don't don't be, you know, don't let the art, and it's not, it sounds like I'm saying the art's bad. It's just different. Don't let the, mm-hmm. the art dissuade you from, from going through it because, it, like you said, it, it moves quickly. You're going to get hooked pretty quickly. You're going to get through it pretty quickly. And once you do, you'll be glad you read it. It's 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 a really good Batman story. And that's the praise from somebody who's read it and for a few times over the years. And here's a fresh review of I agree with everything you said. Yeah. It's thanks. First time reading it, a little unsettling. Mm-hmm. Read it a second time, much more enjoyable. Uh, not that it wasn't enjoyable in the first place. The art is, it's just, it's distinct. It, you got to warm up to it and then it perfectly fits the mood, the story, story. the world, mm-hmm. everything. If anybody hasn't read it and they're a little hesitant, it's on DC Universe. Give that a try first. And then if you like sure. it, buy the hardcover because hardcovers, bigger, bigger pages, bigger, more art. And so I think it's a, I think it's a good, pretty straightforward Batman story and it's the straightforward Batman stories that I end up revisiting over and over again. Like Batman year one is a straightforward Batman story and it's kind of a quick read. So there's a reason I've read that 25 times. And yet the dark Knight returns, I've probably read four times in my life, you know, mm-hmm. something like it's in rereading it again, just for today was Batman year 100. It was a breeze. It just, it mm-hmm. flew by. So I think it's, yeah, it is underappreciated uh it's it's just a good story and just like with batman himself it's another chapter of this is just a different batman and yet it works 
Mm-hmm. We've got so many variations of the character. Most of them fit the times. This is, uh, I don't know. It's very true to the, the character of Batman. So yes, uh, it's a good book. Buy it, read it, read it, then buy it either way. So either way. yeah, either way, either way, Bill, any, any plugs, if people want to read your work, hear your words, where should they go? Um, you can find me, uh, things I write, um, blogs, occasional podcast on uh, Batman on film, which is Batman hyphen on hyphen film.com. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you probably already know the URL for that website and uh, Batman on film. That's really, that's really all I got. I don't, I mean, there's nothing as far as the Batman with, with, with it being shut down right now, there's not really any movement or news on that, on that front, but that's, that's Batman on films, wheelhouse solo Batman film covering those, uh, I was having a blast doing that. I'm anxious uh, for them to pick up where they left off here uh, so we can, you know, enjoy that, that journey. That's the fun. The, that's almost as fun as seeing the, the movie is the journey getting there. The journey lasts a lot longer because once you see the movie, it's like, it's here. It's over with. Now we got to wait, you know, and then what else? What's next? So that's that's what all I got going right now, my friend. With there being a bit of lag in the news, it opens up unique possibilities for your website for unique stories, such as a review of a well, desk lamp. lamp. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> Have well, you? you know it, it made me go buy it. So there you go. Yeah, that's right. So anybody that hasn't been to the site, I stumbled upon a Batman '89 Batwing desk lamp. And yes, a little expensive, but also reasonable. So I bought it. I loved it. And I asked Bill if I could write a review on it. And he said, hell yeah. And we threw it on the site. So check off my bucket list writing about desk lamps because I've finally, I've finally done it. Kind of, yeah, it's, it's great. I mean, like I said, it made me, it made me go by. I saw it. I saw the pictures. I went, I, I'm getting that. I'm getting that for my new desk. Have- yeah. Do you have do you have it yet? I don't have it yet. No, I don't have it yet. Gotcha. Oh, but it's coming. All right. There's no surprise to it. What you see is is what you get, and it's bright. bright. It'll light up. So I don't think you'll be disappointed. So uh, it, looks, as- it looks cool. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm just jumping in. No, I, was, no. I was gonna say real quick along those lines of just uh, obscure type different stuff with the site. When I was doing a vlog with Garrett Grev the other day. I started, mm-hmm. of course, I'm moving. I know I brought that up. And I've talked about, I've got like, I don't know, 12. I got like small totes and big totes full of, of comics that I've had for, I mean, 30 years. And sometimes I don't even know what's in there. So I, I was like, maybe I'll just do a, a video of looking into one of these totes and seeing what, what the heck, what the heck is in there. I mean, cause I've, I've already found some some stuff I had forgot that I had. Uh, they're all boarded. They're all bagged. I just haven't seen it in sometimes twenty years. You know, maybe if not longer. Yeah, like the whole. You shared some of that on online, and yeah, and it was that was cool. I mean, just a, a couple snippets of like maybe two totes or something. Yeah, uh, that yeah that'd be cool if you find yourself. Yeah, you find yourself feeling like you know what? Let's let's open this. Let's. Let today be the day. Share it online. Oh, people will eat it up. I'd eat it up. That'd be so 
that'd be cool. So I'm not telling you what to do, but you got that. You've got your top 10 Batman covers. I mean, I got to, I got to put the question out and see what people will say. I mean, I'm going to tweet that out once we're done here. That, it'll be interesting what people will. God, there's a lot of them. There's a whole, yeah. I, I mean, I got a book. Was it Batman cover to cover? It has a bunch of covers in there. So whole coffee table book on it, you know? Yeah. And that's a, that's a cool book too, because as you open it, I've got that one at, at home and you just open the page and you're, you know, Oh, Neil Adams. Oh, yeah. that's Jock. Oh, that's so-and-so. That's so-and-so. That's ask, Alex Ross. You know, I'm going to ask the ultimate Batman historian and expert. I'm going to, I'm going to ask Michael, uh, Uslin what, what, what he would, what he said. Michael, that's, yeah, that's Mr. Uslin to Uster. That is Mr. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, he always gets on to me for not, calling him Michael because I call him Mr. Uslan, but yes, I will. I will. I'm going to ask him and see what he, what he has to say. I may even put his own, his top 10 Batman covers up. He does stuff. He'll do stuff for us every once in a while. Do, do, do your do selection, do a Mr. Uslan selection. And then you can do like what all of us BOFers. Yeah. And I know now we're ranting, but a fun story, a friend of mine I used to work with, he, actually got a job working down in uh, IU in Bloomington mm-hmm. and where he works, mm-hmm. he walked by and uh, took a picture one day, I think uh, where Michael Uslan was coming to speak. Okay. And then he even said something about like his, I thought he said he had an office that's not far from him or something. And I was like, Oh, you bastard. Cause he was there when, when Uslan went there the last time, I think it was last year to do an 89 Batman screening and then a Q and a afterward. And I could not make it. And I'm like, ah, I really hope he goes there again. Oh, I'm sure he will. He's, he goes there quite often. And, uh, and he donated most of his comic book collection, which was, I mean, I'm talking thousands and thousands and thousands of comics from back when he was a kid, he donated them to, uh, Indiana university. So, Yeah. All right. Well, hey, for for the Batman Book Club, uh, follow on Twitter, like I said, at the top of the show at the Batman BC, then I'll be able to keep you up to date on what episodes coming next and what episodes have dropped and working on a giveaway or two. Uh, You can also follow me on Twitter at Lauer underscore Ryan Lauer spelled like lower and trying to see if any if if people would be interested in a Q&A episode. So you can email questions or even just comments, concerns. Let me know how, if you like the show or if you hate the show uh, at thebatmanbc at gmail.com. So, Bill, once again, thank you, sir, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Oh, I would like to come back again and talk uh, about another Batman book. Maybe one I, uh, another one I turned you on to would be Detective Number 27. So perhaps we could do that oh. in the future. Yeah. And stick to Michael Eastland, so. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, you just called it, so that's yours. For Bill Jett Ramey from Batman on Film, I am Ryan Lauer. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next time.